0: luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.
1: Hello and welcome to The Parenthood. Music for many is considered a luxury, an addition to life that is nice, but not necessary. Slowly the study of music is being phased out of schools to give more time to the subjects deemed more important. But is this decision in our children's best interest or does music bring order, calm, and crucial life skills to a noisy world? With me today is someone who believes music is a crucial part of every child's learning journey, from the development of hearing while still in the womb to the national curriculum, and that as parents, we need to allow music to be part of our children's world. Ruth Travers is a musician and teacher who works with schools and communities around the world, bringing music into the classroom and using it as a crucial tool. Uh, Ruth, thank you so much for being uh, with me today. Um, It's such an interesting concept, but I'd love to talk about why music is uh, such an important part of our lives. Why why is it so impactful on human beings?
2: It's interesting, isn't it? Music seems to be part of the human being and and certainly babies respond to sound and... um, far earlier than they talk, far earlier than they actually experience language and we could follow our ancestry way, way back and, and we were making music, we were singing, whether that was to worship the sun or, you know, to communicate with things that we weren't sure, you know, what was happening in our world, but we, we've used music as a communication tool um, all, all, our, all through you know, the, the, right back from the beginning of the human race. So I think it's something that's terribly important to us, actually, um, even if we don't know quite why. And I think one of the reasons is because music is a sort of shared emotion. So anyone that writes a song, even if it's something like if you're happy and you know it, clap your hands, that they're, they're writing that from a base of enjoyment because they've experienced enjoyment, so they write a little song about it and... At one point, you know, um, I think people wrote little songs. They weren't blogging about their experiences or their emotions. Nowadays, people write. They speak a lot about what they're feeling. I think music was one of those mediums that people began to express things. I've just broken up with my girlfriend. I'm going to write, you know, this piece of piano music about that. And then someone can listen to that and think, oh, I remember feeling like this. And so, so what it does is it... We enter those shared emotions and it reminds us um, of perhaps a feeling we've had. So I think it's a very, very communicative tool that we have. We may not be able to put how we're feeling into words, but we can we can sit back and identify with some music so instead of bottling it up perhaps we might cry because we're listening to this lovely plaintive piece of music um, so I think it's hugely important to release us and to allow us access to our emotions um, that that's my first thought why is it so powerful I think that's why it's so powerful because it becomes um, part of our inner
1: selves and I mean obviously it's you know, we use it to control our emotions. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, we listen to relaxing music. We look, listen to music that will sort of rev us up and get us into a sort of, you know, before boxing matches, they rev the exactly. crowd up, they rev the fight, the uh, the, yep. the fighters up. Um, and it is amazingly powerful in terms of determining our mood, isn't it?
2: Oh, it's 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 almost scary. I I read recently that um, in some pubs that they, they've actually done a study if they turn the volume up that the louder the music actually the more beer they sell and and you know we, we kind of really respond we, we can be we can be scarily manipulated by music but it's the reason I think we want to encourage people to think about this because um, our lives at the moment are they're a little uncertain. They're a little unscheduled. So maybe to start the day, you know, with a happy piece of music can really change our mood for the day and just help us realign our thinking and think, no, I can cope with today. I can do that. You know, just pop on a something that just realigns how we're thinking.
1: And as parents, obviously, it is so useful to be able to, I'm not going to say determine the mood of our children, but influence the mood of our children. Um, Ultimately, there are times in in the day where we want them to be full of energy and, you know, maybe we're about to go for a walk or we're going to have a run around, we're having a break, you know, razz them up. But similarly, there are times when you want them to calm down, you know, at the end of the day, or maybe be more reflective. Um, And so presumably using music as a tool for parents as is quite a useful thing to know about and to take i think it,
2: it is a marvelous tool and especially if the children perhaps get used to that perhaps at bedtime for for a week you play a specific piece of music what they're doing is they're associating a the loveliness of the music but also that moment with you so so music i um interestingly Alzheimer's people respond to music but they respond to music that's connected with a memory it's not just any old music. It ten- tends to be connected with a memory. So if we build into our babies, our children, oh, I remember that song, and when I was, when we sang that song, I was always really close to mummy, or mummy used to read to me, or mummy used to sit on the bed and cuddle me off to sleep. You, know, we, that those are wonderful pictures that we can use in later life to just visualise a place of calm. So it's it's a great tool. Um, for going to sleep you know th- those kind of things.
1: When my children were very little I used to have one of those baby monitors and it had sort of tinny nursery rhyme music I mean really yeah. no great music but uh, and every time I, I, I you know put them down to go to sleep I would press the button for the music and it would pay I don't know five ten minutes of twinkle twinkle little star on a sort of loop that would slowly drive me mad but it meant that but they very quickly started associating that music this is obviously before they could talk uh, with going to Sleep and if they then woke up in the night, all I needed to do was switch this music on, and it was signal to them: it's still night time, it's still time to go to sleep. And it was so powerful um, to be able. I mean, listen, it didn't work absolutely every time, but I'd say nine times out of ten, it was a really good message before they could understand. You know, go to sleep, Mm -hmm. um, as this is it is night time still,
2: and also for you know music to sort of begin to focus. So we're starting our day now. Let's you know play this piece of music. Let's all calm down. Um and and the children can sort of bring themselves into a, a good place of focus. So um, y- yeah, it's it's an amazing tool and, and it's a great tool, as you say, for you know, pepping people up. and um, it, interestingly, apparently when people are are listening to a concert and the, the movements of, of perhaps the classical music are going on for a long time, they, they can switch off and sort of wander. their, their minds begin to wander, but the minute, the music changes into the next movement. They sort of reawaken their concentration again. So that that's quite an interesting thing that you can sort of snap people back by just changing the music again. It's like oh, you know, I, I need to be listening to this. Um, so yeah, it's it's a great tool.
1: One of the um, things that we um, I know you're passionate about is the importance of music for new babies and even babies still in in the uterus because babies can hear mu- music, can't they? before they have been born a study by unicef um
2: that i, I looked looked actually it up to make sure i wasn't sort of speaking off the top of my head but um unicef have actually said that it, it's i've got it written here it's proven that the music has um a role in brain development even before birth and um certainly in the third trimester um that the babies can really hear music they can hear you singing and way before that you know that they, they are beginning to hear sounds so you can you can calm your baby even while they're still in the womb you can begin to build a relationship that they understand through through sound
1: and i think i'm right in saying there have been studies whereby if a baby has been played music in the uterus and is then played music when they're born, they respond to that music in the same way that they respond to voices they've heard a lot in you know, the mothers, very often the mother and the father's voices. That's right. They,
2: they recognize, yeah, that they, they, it's a familiarity for them. And one of the things I wanted to, you know, speak to our listeners about today is don't lose out on these lovely musical interactions with your baby in, in this very busy time where we've got to do so many things. Um, there is a huge benefit, not just for the baby, but actually for you to to hold your baby close, to maybe hum, to sing to it. It soothes the baby. It says, all is well, mum's here, you're very safe. And you will then really receive the endorphins from the baby. You you will get a good feeling from that as well. So you both begin to come into a very good headspace. And If you want to be a good parent, you need to be in a good headspace. And one of the ways of of getting in a good headspace is using music to do that and just holding your baby very close and singing to them. And and you will have this lovely moment um, that's very good for
1: both of you. As new, new parents, you know, there is this idea that everything's tranquil, everything's calm. But as any new parent will attest, there are times when that is totally the opposite. Your child will not stop <laughs> screaming and you are so tired and a part of you is thinking, what have I done to my lovely life? Um, and, and obviously your anxiety is going to be picked up by the baby. So actually when those times when you think you're freaking out, actually the, the last thing you need to be doing is doing that because that's just making it worse. So um, singing, I mean, singing has real benefits in terms of calming people down doesn't it
2: it does it does and and i think a lot of people say to me oh but i can't sing you know i'm not a singer well i don't think your baby cares about that your baby doesn't care how good you are at singing, your baby just loves your voice and so no one is going to be judging you on your ability to perform to your baby. So like the only what, person you know, in the world who won't be judging it, you. <laughs> probably. Probably. But you know, be encouraged that it really doesn't matter. Just just you know, just share your voice with your baby because that's what they want to hear they don't really want to hear the radio they don't really want to hear even your favorite cd they
1: want or, or this podcast you, potentially <laughs> you know
2: or, or maybe this podcast um and the vibrations you know of your your chest your singing um because you know we, we've been saying that right now there's a lot of anxiety there's a lot of fear there's a lot of Um, uncertainty, there's a lot of anger, frustration, I can't get on with my life, you know, I'm stuck in this house, I've got to do my children, I I can't do my job properly, There's, there's a lot of anger and that can lead to depression and all of those things, you might think that you're really handling them but maybe subconsciously you're there and your baby will pick up on that, your children will pick up on that. So music again is a great tool to come away from that Let's all sing together. Let's sit down and do a little hand clapping song together. Sit your kids down and just do a nice song together. It will make everyone feel so much better.
1: I mean, there's also we're told when you're stressed, kind of breathe deeply. And sometimes I find that can be quite abstract and kind of quite forced. But actually, singing does control Mm, your breath. It does. uh, I remember so well, I was flying once um, and I was with my daughter and it was quite a bumpy flight and she was getting a bit anxious, as was I. And so we just sung a little song together. And it was something rubbish that, I don't know, that we both knew the words to. But it was amazing how, A, it took the focus off what was making us anxious, but also it forced us to regulate our breathing. And so by Mm. the time we finished the song, the bumpiness was over and it was fine. And it just made me realise the sort of powerfulness of not saying, right, we need to calm you down, let's breathe. Let's distract you and get you breathing.
2: Yeah. And if people aren't sure sort of how to regulate their breathing, the answer is to sing the sentence in one breath. So don't take loads and loads of breaths, don't hyperventilate. A lot of people, you know, will sing things like twinkle, twinkle, breathe, little, breathe, star. So if they can just sing twinkle, twinkle, little star, sing the whole sentence, then what you're doing is you're calming your breathing, you're slowing it down, and you're taking a deeper breath to get through the words. So that's a great, you know, vocal exercise, but it's also a really good breathing exercise.
1: And similarly, you know, when, when you're sort of changing the nappy of an irate baby, who does not, a nappy does not want to change, you know, singing, I would say talking to babies, but actually singing to them, whatever, because they, don't, they, they can't hear, you know, they can't understand the words. They're not going to be like, oh, mummy was a bit flat there. Um, uh, and it will calm you down and calm the baby down.
2: And, and smile and laugh. And, you know, it's about the facial engagement when you're singing, the smiles, things like, where's your head? Here's your head. You know, even while you're changing that nappy and you're they're looking at you, they're on their back, you can kiss their toes, you can sing silly little things to them, you know, here are your toes, I'm gonna tickle your toes. And you start enjoying the moment instead of being like freaked out by it and oh, you know, the baby's playing up. They'll they will respond to that if you just begin to touch their fingers, touch their toes, forget about the nappy for a minute, just make it a little game. It's you can turn it around.
1: One of the things you've talked about is the idea that music teaches children to listen. And actually, because we live in an increasingly noisy world, it's something that they often stop doing because they have to block Mm -hmm. out so much noise. And then it means when they get into the classroom, they're not listening, which makes teaching them much, much, much harder. And that by introducing music into their world, it reintroduces the idea of listening, which basically is is one of these great skills for life.
2: Mm. Yes, I think we have quite a noisy world and there's lots of good things about that. Um, But there are also some downsides to that, that if our home is, you know, and if you've got a big brother, you know, they're they're busy, perhaps gaming and and, and not everyone has tons of headphones to go around. Some children can be in in a very noisy life generally. And so they stop hearing everything because they, they can't cope with it so they switch off so suddenly you you get them in a situation and and teacher says to you everyone pick up your pencils um unless you say you know marina pick up your pencil <laughs> often it, it it's just not even logged because they're used to just cutting stuff out and, and i often think gosh what if there was a fire you know and and suddenly you had to hear you had to hear a general instruction yeah, we do. There are times when we need to be really aware of what's going on around us. So music can bring us back to that place of being still and focusing on one thing, which is just listening to something. Um, and it's, it's a really important
1: skill. Well, and, and you know, learning is not going to happen unless you listen. Relationships aren't going to happen unless you listen. And actually, increasingly, that's one of the big criticisms of society is that people don't listen enough. You know, people are very happy to tell the uh, the world about how they're feeling. But actually, a true friendship is based on just as much listening as it is talking.
2: I I think you're right. It's something that is, it's not missing, but it's, um, it could be a lot better, couldn't it? And people, I find... um, I found when i've said to children let's listen to this they'll do it for about you know a couple of seconds then they feel that they must talk to me they must interrupt it it's almost as though the quiet mm. is a little bit disturbing sometimes and if, if you walk outside and you, you can say to people what what can you hear and you have to wait actually to to listen for something can you hear the trees can you hear the natural world but some children find that quite difficult because they're not quite sure what it is you want from them. So they'll start talking again because they're a little bit embarrassed, you know, about the quiet. Um, so music can definitely, definitely help us do that. Um, I think we've, we've people who play music to their class as they're walking in will find that the class will settle in in a much more focused way. Um, so yeah, it's it's important to listen.
1: Yeah. In in terms of sort of how music affects our brains, I read somewhere that potentially, you know, listening to music, and I don't know if there is a specific type of music, does encourage our brains to develop in certain ways. Is, is that true? Or is that something I've made up?
2: No, you haven't made it up. But it tends to be more than just listening. I think the thing that really enhances the brain development is doing music which is kind of one of my big hobby horses. I feel that a lot of children listen to music. Schools will say, we do music, you know, we definitely do music. What they mean is the kids are maybe listening to stuff, perhaps singing, Playing along with percussion, if they're lucky. It's the study of musical notation that really, really, really enhances the brain, and um, that's where I think we're missing out a little bit. A study of an instrument will really enhance the brain. There's a, a really interesting piece of research the University of British Columbia did in 2019, and I, I think they had data from about 112,000 students, and they found that the the students who learnt to play a musical instrument in primary school, in elementary school and continued, they were about one academic year ahead of their contemporaries in English, maths and science, which is funny, isn't it? Because this is the thing we're all so keyed up about at the moment, English, maths and science. Let's not do music, let's not do the arts, they take up too much time. But it's actually the exposure to learning music that makes the children perform to a higher level in those core subjects, which is really interesting. So instead of ditching it, we actually probably should be promoting it.
1: Although to play devil's advocate here, there's probably a socioeconomic, um, uh, you know, there's a confounder there because the children who play instruments are likely to be from a higher socioeconomic background. And they're probably more likely to be able to access, you know, not only... Good education, but also very um, a- attentive parents who uh-huh. encourage that education. But you know, absolutely, I think I just worry that you know, presumably there are some children that are just not that interested in music. Mm-hmm. And how important is it? I remember. I mean, I love music and I love listening to music and I love singing. But my goodness, I think my parents paid for sort of eight years of piano lessons, and I just was terrible at it. I couldn't. I couldn't do it. And there's a certain amount of how much do you? You, you don't want to turn it into the negative and actually for many years I think that I was slightly anti-music and you know was told because I didn't conform to the system that I wasn't any good at music and now I'm in my 40s I've sort of found music a bit more and that's through kind of singing in the choir and not being assessed by it.
2: Yes I I think we need to not box kind of what doing music is. Um, A lot of our little stave house kids they just do use tune percussion in in the classroom but they read music, not because they're studying an instrument, but because they're they're enjoying the world of these characters. So they can do music and music theatre, or they can do music and forest school, or they can do music and science or music and PE, so that you don't actually necessarily have to box it into perhaps what a lot of us think doing music is. Um, my my friend um, Annabelle, who does my social media, was telling me yesterday. Actually, um, we were chatting about her older son, who she would say is not at all musical. He's not a creative musical child. He's a very logistical child. He's he, he sort of music is not his thing. He's about nine, I think nine, coming up ten, and suddenly he wanted to play the theme tune to a computer game that he has. Now, his little brother, who is four, is a little stave Hauser and can read music, which is really annoying, isn't it, when you're nine? Um, And so actually he started using his little brother's decoding, if you like, the, the notational games and stories. So for him, for Ollie, it wasn't about playing an instrument. He just wanted to work out this computer theme. And she said the joy he got from using the skill to as a decoder, it's like my word, I can decode this language. You know, now I can play this computer theme. He's not interested in playing the keyboard. He's not interested in playing anything. But actually, he really valued having those tools and and he used those tools for a completely different reason which kind of excites me it shows that you don't have to be creative and aesthetic and arty and emotional to enjoy music you you can you can enjoy it in a different way and music for your coordination is, is hugely beneficial and we stop touching our kids if we're not careful we stop hugging them once they get you know a bit cool Whereas if you say you know come and dance with me um play this silly clapping game with me or something you you begin to experience that touch again which is i think crucial to the human being you know um i i am thinking about my mother you know at the moment the one thing she misses is us all hugging her um because of covid and it, music's one of those lovely things where we can do that for one another. We can hold hands, we can dance around the kitchen together. And yeah, it's it's,
1: it's good. What, what kind of music should we be listening to? Is this any music or is there some types of music? I mean, obviously we've established that if you want to calm your children down, putting on some heavy metal is probably not the right thing. But um, would you say classical music is more, or, or, or is there a specific genre? Heavy metal is interesting because
2: I think later on that you know you can vent to heavy metal we, we mustn't rule heavy metal out and right now there might be some parents who just want to go and shut themselves you know in the cupboard and listen to some heavy metal it's probably not the greatest thing for your baby it's probably very agitating for your baby um, I wouldn't say it has to be classical I think first of all listen to something you like because if if you're going to relax to it, you don't want to be sitting there on the sofa with your children thinking, "Oh, I don't know if I like this." Choose something that you know you like. But I would say also begin to open your world. Perhaps introduce yourself to music that you you don't know very much about. So classical FM is, is a great one. Your classic FM um, has used to have the program. I presume it still does called the School Run, and um, the Obviously, no one's running to school at the moment, but um, children would would write in with requests and they they will play lots of, you know, not just the old masters. You'll get film music on there, you know, sort of um, a lot of film music is almost being classed as classical music nowadays because it's amazing. It's really beautiful. Um, Easy listening. Go for something easy listening. Maybe jazz FM. You know, you can you can find yeah, if you want to calm down, don't play upbeat music. You know, find something that's going to feed that
1: need to calm. It's about being adventurous, isn't it, with music and not listening to the same old thing. Like, you wouldn't read the same book over and over again. You'd read stuff and maybe you don't like it, but maybe you're surprised and you think... I mean, I've got to say, I love listening to Desert Island Discs, partly because I love the interviews, but also partly it's a really nice way of being introduced to new music. And I think, oh, gosh, I'd never listen to that. I'm, I love that. I, I was bought an, a really interesting book,
2: um, it was a piece of music for each day of the year and there were lots of pieces in there that I just, I, I kept downloading them thinking, gosh, I really like that, you know, I haven't heard of that or I haven't really bothered to listen to that properly. So, and also our brain does struggle if, if you only give your brain one genre of music. This is why people will say certain music is boring or I don't like that music. What's happening is their brain is struggling to formulate it. it. The brain struggles and says, oh, this is hard. I haven't really listened to this before. I don't I, I don't want to listen to it. If you listen to it for a bit longer, your brain would begin to kind of sort it out. And you'd probably find it wasn't that you didn't like it. You're just struggling to understand it. Um, so it, it is good to open your mind.
1: There's something appealing about familiarity with music, isn't it? Being able to hum along to the tune. And even when you're listening to something like Classic FM and you think, oh, I know that from the British Airways advert or whatever it is. (laughs) Little children
2: like repetition. You know, if you want to please your toddler, sing something they like, sing a kid's song that they know, you know but like you know because they they like to know stuff you know they, that's why at that age they like the same book you know where is spot or something you know they do the same book over and over again they like the same songs um but when they're busy put something on in the background i would say don't put songs on if you want to relax or work to music because otherwise you you start listening for the lyrics so put if you want to go to sleep or you want to work, schoolwork, put something on that doesn't have lyrics, put something else on that's just a tune. And it, Peter and the Wolf is a lovely one. You can just pick a little piece of Peter and the Wolf and tell your children, oh, this is meant to be about a cat. You Do you think it sounds like a
1: cat? Or this is
2: meant to be about a duck. And it gives them something to listen for. Um, that, that's quite a lovely thing to do.
1: And also introducing them, I suppose, to. I mean, my husband always says, "Oh, I can't stand opera." But like you said, you know, he probably just hasn't listened to enough of it. And I'm sure there's one piece of opera that he would agree is is a lovely piece of music.
2: Yeah, I think that's true. Uh, opera you know, it is a, an acquired taste, isn't it? A bit like marmite. Um, I, I think um, you're right. That I, 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 I don't know that I would. Day opera's right up there on the top 10 of my listening list. But there are certain operatic arias that I love. And you're right, you can find
1: something to like about everything. So you say that opera's not on your top 10. What do you enjoy listening to?
2: I tune into Classic FM a lot. Um, a favourite um, composer, choir director of mine is Eric Whittaker, actually. If people have a look at some Eric Whittaker albums. The, the music is sort of a mix of Jewish, Celtic, choral it's so relaxing and beautiful it's almost divine I think um, I like Carl Jenkins I, I love Carl Jenkins um, lots of vocal sounds going on with his music um, I enjoy really old sort of renaissance music, sort of old Italian music um, there's all sorts of genre that I enjoy but for me it's got to sound nice I don't like music that kind of agitates me particularly I like to yeah, hum along to it, really, and, and enjoy it. So I, I look for a nice melodic line.
1: And actually, I think, you know, introducing our children to the culture of music in the same way that, you know, we want them to read the sort of classics and be aware of Emily Bronte and Charles Dickens, even if that's not their favourite book, presumably also teaching them about the culture of music. It, it's
2: about having an informed yes. opinion, yeah. isn't it? I, I think it's we want to enrich our children's lives as much as possible and so we present them with all sorts of things that enrich their understanding of the world and therefore they can make an informed comment. You know, I really enjoy this, I really don't like that because they, they've got an informed from which to make, you know, that opinion.
1: Um your today job is running uh Stave House, which is um kind of using music to enrich the curriculum um one of the things you said to me is that i don't think there is a child in the world that can't be taught to read and write music um i mean obviously listening to music i think is is really really important it can control our emotions and i do think it can enrich our lives why do you think the reading and writing of music is as important i mean i get that it's important for some children but is it really every child will benefit from that
2: um Every it, it's almost like saying could every child benefit from swimming? You know, um, can every child experience? You know, it, uh, benefit from having art lessons? I think we could all benefit from everything. My my passion for teaching children to have the equipment. I'm not saying to turn them into musicians or composers. I think they should be given the opportunity to have the tools. And that's what I feel they don't have. I I met so many children that tell me they can play things and they can play things. They can play things that they're shown how to play and they give them finger numbers and they copy and they play. If I turn the book over and say, well, should we try this one? Their response would be, I don't know it. And that's a bit like saying, should we read this new novel and the child saying, oh, no, because I haven't memorized the words. And what what I would like to be able to do is equip children with the tools to say, this is a great adventure. I'm going to turn. I'm going to open this music book. and I'm going to have a go at this all by myself. I don't need my teacher. I don't need my parents. I can work this out for myself. And I know that they can. And I meet so many people who really wish that they could do that. And so I just think if you're going to teach music that should certainly be included it should be part of um it should be part of the tool structure that the children are given and it's the one thing many many children are not given they have lovely musical experiences but they can't do anything with those experiences whereas our children can you know our little three-year-olds could compose a very simple little tune and play it back to themselves they can choose their note characters they can choose their rhythm characters and they can do it which means they can do it anywhere
1: and i suppose then they also have the opportunity you know uh, you know it, it, it's all very well for a, a house child to sort of become a composer but how many children who haven't had the opportunity because they haven't been taught music would have been fantastic composers or pianists or whatever it is you know music producers but because music is never a part of the curriculum it's like they haven't that door has not been opened for them
2: no that, that that's the one thing that i i feel very strongly about that everyone deserves to be able to say well, I don't need that skill, but at least I have it. That's why I'm really passionate about sharing that skill. And I think people are a little bit afraid of teaching that skill in school, perhaps they don't feel very able to do it. But I know we can, you know, we, we teach it all around the world. So we, we, we have children in the middle of the Sahara Desert doing stave house um, in Arabic. And you know, in China, in Cyprus, it it, it, it exceeds all language barriers, they can, they can adapt it and use it. And the exciting thing is, they can access music in whichever way they want. They're not limited by only being able to do music in a certain way. They've actually got the tools to say, right, I'd like to play the cello, I'd like to play the trumpet, I don't want to play anything, but I'd like to muck around on my keyboard and know what I'm doing. So, um, that that's what I'm really passionate about. and that's why I've also gone back now to music with Henry, which is the Nought to Three program, which is just setting in place between mums and babies the equipment also to be able to hear music to sing. So we you know, we've got this lovely program going now from naught actually forever because they use Stave House with um GCSE students who can't read music. There's lots of people take music, but they can't read it. Um so, Yeah, we can say, look, go away and have a bit of a laugh at yourself, play with these cartoons. And in 20 minutes, they will be able to read their clefs. So it's used by all ages.
1: And presumably, too, you know, the study and creation of music is really good in promoting kind of cool skills, even basic stuff, uh, you know, tenacity. You know, the the more you practice, the better you get. The more you apply yourself and you focus, you know, the more beautiful the music you will produce. And, And, you know, in this sort of you know, slightly instant world that we have now, that you get bored if your, you know, your, your internet page doesn't refresh instantly. That reminder that sometimes beautiful things and difficult things take time and you're not going to get it right first time and no one expects you to.
2: And, and to learn that it's the mistakes, you know, don't. I, I think music's a great teacher that mistakes are part of the learning process, that you, you can't sit down and do something absolutely instantly, but that doesn't matter. Um, and I think it's very crucial that, you know, we we're kind to ourselves and, and music teaches us that I can't get this right yet, but I will. I will get this right. And it teaches determination. It teaches stickability, which actually is so vital in our world right now, because, you know, you're not going to get perhaps your first job that you go for an interview for but you stick at it you learn you I am good at this I will persevere so it teaches diligence perseverance it teaches self-control you know I I can't go back to my lesson unless I've got something to show for myself.
1: So for our listeners um obviously what you're doing at Stave House sounds really interesting and and Music with Henry what's the where's the best place to access that and is that accessible?
2: It is accessible mums can join me on a Monday morning for a, a Music with Henry class um they can go online and book in and we have a little 30 minute session of jiggle and wiggle music with henry jiggle and wiggle um and all the songs in there are um for a reason they're all they're all musically based so that there there is a point to them as well as being fun you can access stave house it's stavehouse.co.uk there's a website you can have a look at the resources you could have some resources at home and be playing some stave house games at home
1: Well, Ruth, thank you very much for for joining me today. You've sort of reignited my passion in music and I realised, we're recording this during the lockdown and I usually spend a bit of time every day in the car and I always have the radio on because I'm really not in the car at the moment. I realised I haven't had music for ages. So I'm going to um, make sure that I'm going to set some alarms so that music comes on at certain times in the house and (laughs) I'm going to test the idea that we're going to have calming music before bed and then, you know, before the children's break when I I want them to have a run around in the garden i'll put on something a bit more energetic and see if that gives them the energy i need
2: thank you marina i've really enjoyed chatting
1: and um have a lovely musical time thank you ruth thank you and thank you all for downloading this episode of the parenthood you can subscribe rate and review wherever you found this podcast you can also follow me on instagram i'm at marina.fogle but in the meantime thanks for listening and goodbye